You're listening to Thrive Beyond Size, episode 122. Welcome to Thrive Beyond Size, the podcast that's all about finding health, joy, and liberation beyond weight. If you're ready to break free from diet culture and embrace a lifestyle that celebrates your body regardless of your size, you're in the right place. Here's your host, health and wellness coach, Dr. Michelle Tubman. Hello, hello. How are y'all doing? I am doing fantastic. I had one of those big aha moments earlier this week that really just turned my whole world around. And, you know, sometimes the work that we do on ourselves, especially in terms of our relationship with food, takes time. It happens little by little every day over the course of a long time. And then one day you just wake up and you realize that your life looks drastically different than it did a year or two ago in the best ways possible. And I had one of these moments on Monday this week, and I want to share it with you because I think I think we can sometimes get frustrated as we try to heal our relationship with food because we just have to face the fact that we are human and it is absolutely human to binge out on ice cream sometimes. It just is, right? It is absolutely human to eat too much at a party every once in a while. And when these things happen, it's perfectly okay. Unless you have a disordered relationship with food, then you beat yourself up for it. You go down that, you know, shitstorm of of shame and it just feels terrible. And then you end up back in that cycle of vowing to do better next time. Perhaps you'll restrict to make up for it, all of the things. And then one day that's not happening anymore. And I realized on Monday just how involved the journey is towards healing your relationship with food and and just how many parts of your life you actually have to look at and why coaching was just so important for me in terms of healing my relationship with food and why I think it's important for you too. And so here's here's what's happened um to me. I I I you know if you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you know, I was away for this Coachapalooza two weeks in the States. I attended a couple of events that um, left me so excited and also with so much emotion. And I came home and I wrote down all of the things that I wanted to implement in my business from these two weeks away. And I was instantly overwhelmed because, of course, at the same time, there's been some emergencies in my department and I've had to cover some extra clinical shifts. So I've had even less time than what I usually do in in the course of a week. And it just really left me feeling a little bit burned out. And so I worked all weekend last weekend. I had Monday off. And my plan for Monday was to just get a whole bunch of stuff that I needed to get done. But I woke up feeling like crap, not sick crap, but just like burned out, like I was done. Like I didn't have the physical energy to get up and do anything. I was exhausted. I was super stressed out because I wasn't getting the things done that I needed to get done. And it was also a nice day. So Rob and I got married in Botanical Gardens, about a 20-minute drive from where I live. And it's it's one of my most favorite places to go. And it's a place that I like to go when I just need a little bit of downtime, partly because it's beautiful, partly because it reminds me of that amazing day Rob and I had together. And it just so happens that, you know, it's October now and the gardens are going to close for the season next week, I believe. And for the last couple of weeks of the season, they let you bring your dogs. And I love spending time with Charlie more than I do anything else. And so Charlie and I went and spent the whole afternoon at these botanical gardens and it was amazing. 
and it also sucked. So my body was not wanting to push it. When I walk, especially with Charlie, I like to walk, right? He needs his exercise. I need mine. And it usually feels good for me. But but today my body just, just wanted none of it. And so it was more of a stroll. And it was literally stopping to smell the roses that were actually still in bloom, I have to say. Look at the pumpkins that they had out for the autumn season. Sit down on benches and, you know, look at the changing colors of the leaves. And it was actually a really beautiful day. And while I was there, I reflected on how I had been eating the week prior and it had not been great. And I say that for a few reasons. One is I was eating foods that make me feel good right in the moment, but then leave me feeling crap an hour later when I'm, you know, bloated and feel like headachey and, and, and gross. Um, I was eating a lot of processed foods because I was exhausted and wanted the convenience of them. And none of it felt good in my body. And I think that that was partly contributing why my body just didn't want to move for me on this beautiful Monday afternoon. And if I had done that two years ago, two years ago, or three, maybe, if I had gone to the gardens after a week of eating and felt my body that way, I would have beat the crap out of myself. I would have forced myself to walk faster, maybe do a little bit of a run, maybe do some, you know, squats or or burpees by the benches instead of sitting on them for a rest. And then I would vow to just dig my heels in and eat better tomorrow because it's going to make me feel better, right? And this is what happened differently on this beautiful Monday afternoon. I looked at last week with genuine curiosity, wondering why. It's like, why was I making decisions that weren't in line with with what I with what I, you know, know does better for me in terms of my nutrition? And I was curious about how did I get to that point? And I was curious about why didn't I do other things? Why did I turn to food to take care of myself during that difficult week? And I looked at myself with compassion. And I said, you know what, I needed comfort. And food was what I had last week. Food is what I had. I'm still working on finding other ways to give myself comfort. But last week, food is what I had. And it felt like this huge sigh of relief as soon as I said that to myself, right? Because I I think my brain was ready for me to just start that self-flagellation and that just makes the pain of it all so much worse. And I think acknowledging that I was doing the best that I could to take care of myself last week was what I actually needed to hear. Because of course, since then, I have been back to eating in a way that feels more attuned. And I'm able to ask myself the questions I love to ask, you know, which is, you know, will this nourish or punish me? And what do I really want right now? When I was drowning in overwhelm and a little bit of burnout last week, I just didn't have the capacity to even ask myself these questions. And for me, all it took was the acknowledgement of where I was at and a little bit of compassion. And now I am back to doing exactly what I've been doing these last months, this last year even, is just tuning in and giving my body what it was really asking for, including having a nice, relaxing afternoon in the gardens instead of a big, a big push at walk. And so that really got me thinking about just how involved my emotional eating journey has been and and how much it took for me to actually heal my relationship to food. And 
You may be thinking, but Michelle, is your relationship with food actually healed if you just had the week that you had? And my answer to that is absolutely yes. What tells me that I've healed my relationship with food is the curiosity to which I approached it and the compassion that I gave myself and how I am now back to eating in an attuned way rather than going back into my cycles of I'm going to dig my heels in and do better, right? And I feel so much better now than I ever have before after a bad week. And I think this is the reason why. And I think this is the proof for me that I have done so much healing around my own relationship with food right? And so that's the win for me. There was no guilt about how I was eating last week, no shame in it either, just that curiosity and compassion. But again, it got me thinking about my journey towards healing for food, and it was really, really multifactorial, right? And so if, if, if you're at the start of your journey towards healing relationship with food, I think there's four things that we need to address. And, you know, the first one, of course, is you actually need to restore your biology. Because If you have been going through a period of time where you're in a binge restrict cycle, for example, or you're just routinely not giving your body the calories that it actually needs to function in an optimal way, or if you're like I have been many times in my life and really just engaging in chaotic eating because like eating when I can fit it in because I am so busy putting out fires and working on my to-do list and other things that sometimes I would just forget to eat. And sometimes this still happens to me, you know, from time to time. But in order to find some healing around your emotional eating and learn to eat in a more attuned or intuitive way, your biology has to be um, all in line to support all of that. And so that means really looking at if you're eating regularly enough and if you're eating enough calories to actually support all of the functions. And so that's one piece that we really need to look at. And I talked about this a little bit more when we talked about intuitive eating and eating disorders. And, you know, I really think that at the start when you're trying to heal your relationship with food, you really do have to look at how and when you're eating and get some understanding of what those patterns are and then do a little bit of work just to make sure that you're eating on a regular schedule and that you are eating enough calories to support your body because you're not going to be able to really tune in to your hunger and fullness signals if they're erratic because your biology is a little bit out of whack. So that is one piece that we that we do definitely need to look at. So number one is restoring your biology. And how this looked for me was really focusing on the chaotic eating in particular and actually scheduling time in my phone and in my calendar to have lunch. And trust me, this was challenging. And thank God I'm married to a beautiful man who helps me in every way that he can. But there were literally days during that phase of my healing where um, he would come and bring up a plate of food to me um, in, in my office because I was just too engrossed in what I was doing to actually take a lunch break. And so, you know, thank you, Rob, for, for all that you did to help me through that. So that's that's number one, restoring your biology. And then the second thing that you really need to look at when you're healing your relationship with food is your emotional life because so much of emotional eating really comes down to this need to have comfort, this need to have something to help you manage the very difficult and often uncomfortable emotions that, you know, comes along with living a human life. And 
If you learn at a young age, or even if you learn in middle age that food is going to help with that, it actually becomes a very powerful mechanism that is difficult to step out of. And so part of the healing really needs to be to look at your emotional life and how you're coping with your emotions, how you're processing through your emotions, what your emotions mean to you, why you're having the emotions that you're having, and really starting to take a good look at how you're using food in terms of your emotional life. So are you eating when you're stressed out? Are you like me and eating when you're overwhelmed? Are you eating to celebrate? Are you eating when you feel angry, are you eating out of boredom? Like really understanding what are what are the challenging emotions that have you turning to food and how can we learn to take care of those emotions in a way that serves you and your health goals just a little bit better. So that whole emotional piece is huge. And I think that was really, really tough for me. And, you know, I think when I was younger, I had no problems with my emotions, but somehow as I as I grew older, it was just my practice to shove them down, shove them down, shove them down until eventually they became like a pressure cooker and, and just blew up. And so I had to learn like how to manage all of these feelings, how to express them. And like big thanks goes out to Rob again for this, because he's the one who finally really taught me how to talk about how I was feeling and how to express that, you know, to him. And so that was a huge part of my healing process as well. And even for me, really understanding how to label my emotions and understanding, you know, what they were, where they were coming from, really helped me find what I really needed to do to soothe myself rather than than eat. And again, last week was such a great example of this because like three years ago when I was feeling overwhelmed, I guarantee you I would have hid on the couch with Netflix and food. I would not have taken Charlie and I out to those botanical gardens to just have, you know, some nice downtime in, in, in the sunshine, right? And And so again, proof for me that I've just come so far. So that's number two is learning how to feel your feelings and imagine and managing your emotional life. And then number three is you need to really start to create new neural pathways in your brain because, you know, one of the, one of the things that contributed to my eating last week was that I just fell back into my old patterns because I was just too tired to do anything else. And it takes time to create those new those new neural pathways that will urge you towards a different way of managing fatigue and emotions and other things when you're just too tired, right? We need to create new habits, in other words. And part of this is really that the body and the brain really need to start to trust each other. And so if you've been, you know, dieting or in diet cycles off and on over years or even decades like I was, then, you know, a couple of things happen. One is your body just does not trust that you are going to feed it enough and on a regular basis. And so your body and brain are really always prepared for famine. And so when food actually becomes available for you, you do tend to eat a little bit more and that might feel like emotional eating that might 
that might look like like binging, but really what's happening is your biology is really encouraging you to eat more and more because your body and brain are fearful that another famine is is going to come its way. And so your body needs to trust you that you're going to feed it on a regular basis. And then you also, it goes the other way too. Like you also need to be able to trust your body and you need to be able to have faith in the fact that it's going to tell you when you're hungry and when you're full and when you can stop eating and what you need to eat and when you need to eat it. And again, that's only going to happen if the biology is intact. And if you are working on your emotional life to the point where you actually can stop and check in and, and hear what your body is saying. And so we need to do some work both directions in trusting your body, but also your body trusting you that you're going to feed it on time. And so if you are doing that consistently on a regular basis, eventually you're going to create new neural pathways that are not going to be based in a fear of an upcoming famine. It's going to be based on the fact that every cell in your body knows that you are going to get fed what what you need on a regular basis. And so that's number three. And then I think the fourth part is, you know, one that I know for the longest time I didn't really talk about with my clients or, you know, do the work on with myself. And that is really just addressing what is the root cause underlying all of it. And, you know, for me, it's overwhelm and exhaustion. It always has been, right? It's that's what tends to send me off the rails is being completely overwhelmed, a little bit burned out and absolutely exhausted. And here's the problem with this. And, you know, if if you can relate to those feelings, then, you know, you might be able to relate to this too. But when you are freaking exhausted and overwhelmed, you just can't make good decisions around food when you're in that state or good decisions around anything for that for that reason, right? And, you know, so when I look at me, when I'm in that phase, I'm worried. So I'm not sleeping super well. So that contributes to my fatigue and and my tiredness. And we already know that if you're sleep deprived and tired, your brain wants quick energy. That is why you get cravings for carbs and why you eat more carbs. Um, And not to say that there's anything wrong with carbs. What I am saying is that it's hard to eat in an attuned way or really listen to what your body actually needs when all it's screaming for is is energy. And so, you know, this is your biology completely running the show. And so for me, part of the work in healing my relationship with food was actually looking at my life as a whole and understanding like, why am I overwhelmed so often? And what do I have to to do to actually fix that? And this is the piece of it for me that is still very much a work in progress, obviously, right? Because that's where I ended up um, being totally overwhelmed and exhausted last week. It's just important, I think, to look at the milieu, like the overall defining features of your life that are actually contributing to this. And when I look at so many of the clients that I work with, this is I think one of the things that really determines if people are successful in reaching their goals when they work with me and then, you know, the few that aren't. And when I when I look at what's similar around the few that that don't reach their goals, it really comes down to this. Right. And so, you know, here's I, I've, I've got two clients in mind that are perfect, perfect examples of this. So um, Coach Christina works inside my business with me and she, I think, masters 
this idea of boundaries within parenting better than anyone that I have ever seen. And so she has a full-time job. She is also a coach and working on growing her own business on the side. She has a toddler and a newborn baby and a house that she's, you know, recently done some work on. She is a busy gal. Her family life is very busy. And she has really recognize the importance of having time to herself to do what she needs to to fill her cup and she works within her marriage and her larger you know family life to actually give herself this time every single week and it is absolutely brilliant and she's completely thriving in life because she is able to really give herself what she knows she needs to thrive And, you know, then I look at um, another client who is also a mother of, you know, several kids who are super busy with extracurricular activities that she is really heavily involved in. And I think it's super admirable when, you know, moms take an interest in their kids' lives in this way. Absolutely. And I do not want to discount that. But this poor woman burns the candle at both ends every single day just to fit it all in. And she's always exhausted. And when you are in that state, you know, first of all, it's an, it's almost impossible to find the space to really tune in and hear what your body needs when you're running on fumes literally all the time. And so when you're in that state, part of the work really truly is sitting down and taking an honest look at your life and and really asking yourself what needs to say, what needs to stay, what's got to go, where you can put boundaries in place so that you can start to take care of yourself again. And I think this is just such an unfortunate and common affliction for us, particularly as women, is that we are the caregivers of everyone else in our lives and we wear so many hats and it feels like we can't ever take any of those hats off. But I really think that this is what we need to do. This is at the root of what we need to do to heal our relationship with food. Because, you know, I think what happens for so many of us is food becomes the only thing that we can actually have some control over. And so it feels good to put restrictions around what we eat. It feels good to binge because you're making the choice to do so. Or, or you know, it, it's just... I think it's important for us to just take that step back and really look at what role food is playing for us in the grander scheme of our lives. And, you know, I I just had a thought as I was, you know, saying all of this and, and that it's like if you are not feeding yourself appropriately, if you are burning the candle at both ends, constantly putting out fires, running from here to there without having a single moment to actually check in with your body, it's not emotional eating if you aren't feeding yourself appropriately to begin with, right? It's just eating and it's your body doing what your body needs to do to actually keep you alive. And so sometimes when we're calling something emotional eating, if we're calling it, you know, stress eating or, you know, eating out of overwhelm, it's, I think it's a reasonable question to ask yourself, is it actually emotional eating or is it just eating because I have forgotten to eat all day long and I'm freaking starving. And so I think this issue of emotional eating is complicated and multifactorial and that we need to look at it from, again, that perspective of biology, that perspective of our emotional lives, that perspective of the neural pathways and the trust that we have between our brains and our bodies in 
really looking at how it fits in to the context of our whole life and how we can actually bring some healing to our lives at the root cause of it. And, you know, I I just look at Coach Christina and, you know, Christina, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for being such a amazing, beautiful role model for for women everywhere, because I, I really think that Christina has mastered this ability to create the healthy boundaries that allows her to take a good look at her relationship with food and do the healing that that needs to happen. And I really do think that is perhaps the most important step in healing your relationship with food is to take a look at how you're how you're living your life as a whole and where you want food to be a part of that. All right. So I think that really speaks to my relationship with food and the journey that I've gone to to find peace around all of that. And again, my work now is really to focus on the balance in my life and to find the balance among all the hats that I wear so that I actually have the capacity to take care of myself and my body in the way that I really need to. All right. I hope this was helpful for you. If you want to talk about healing your emotional eating, feel free to reach out to me anytime, michelle at waysahealth.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook and Instagram at waysahealth, and you can reach out to me there as well. All right, that's all I have for you today. We'll see you next week. 